BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I hope the, the owners of the Myrtles don't <laughs> hear this uh, podcast and be like, oh, that's why that attic hole is there. Hey, everybody, welcome to this week's episode of Fanatics. I, of course, am Claire Kramer, and I am here with my absolutely lovely, smart, kind, interesting, caring, and all-around phenomenal Renaissance man co-host, Jake Marin. Hi, Jake. Oh my gosh, Claire, that was too kind, and I can only say how happy I am to be here with you, and also sad, because Fanatics, this is actually going to be our last episode, but we have a banger, don't we, Claire? Well, we do. We do have a great episode. We have Bonnie Gordon on. We'll get to her in a minute. She's one of my favorite people in the world, but yes, Jake, you broke the news. It is, guys our last episode of Fanatics. That doesn't mean goodbye forever. It just means see you later. And the good news is you can revisit our previous episodes. There's more than a hundred if you miss us. But yes, it's it's a little bit bittersweet. However, it's more sweet because Bonnie Gordon, as I mentioned, is our guest today. She is an amazing woman. One of my good friends. I love her. You probably know her as the voice of the computer on Star Trek Prodigy. She has a solo jazz album coming out, Con Artist. It's coming out soon. If you've ever been at Mission 57, formerly Star Trek Las Vegas, you've seen her perform on the Roddenberry stage. She's an amazing singer, an amazing actress. And today, she's coming on Fanatics to talk about ghosts. Ooh, I'm so excited, Claire, because her and her mom have also been featured in multiple magazines and books with their ghost experiences. So Bonnie gets into it today, and I could not be more excited, despite the bittersweet situation of this being our last episode to get to spend this with you and Bonnie talking about something as interesting as ghosts. So I'm stoked, Claire, and you know, I'm going to miss working with you, but fanatics, make sure you go back and listen to our past episodes because we got a lot of great ones there. And here's to another great one right here today. Right, Claire? Yes. Let's take a listen. Ghosts with Bonnie Gordon. So, Bonnie, let me ask you this. Is there a difference between ghosts and spirits? Well, I'm no ghost expert per se. I feel like what I love 
about it is that it's been such a part of my growing up. And I would even say my culture, being from Louisiana, that I feel like a lot of people, when they're looking for apartments or like house hunting, they don't really think about, oh, I wonder if this house is haunted. Where I'm from in Louisiana, people put signs on the houses and the ads, you know, not haunted around like New Orleans and whatnot. So it it blows my mind that this is something that I grew up with that most people have not had a chance to be a part of their everyday life, I guess I should say. I love the idea of spirits and ghosts, people staying on and giving messages and whatnot and having, I guess, unfinished business. And fanatics, if you haven't guessed, we are talking with Bonnie Gordon about ghosts. And Bonnie, I'm curious, right right off the bat, have you met a ghost or have you met several ghosts or do you think that like ghosts are attracted to you? Just talk to me. What's going on with ghosts in you? I'll be real. Weird stuff has always happened to me uh, ever since I was little. My mother, you know, as a hobby, kind of wanted to be a ghost hunter. She got really interested in ghosts and spirits and like the supernatural just for fun and would go to a bunch of haunted plantation homes and haunted houses uh, down in Louisiana, where I'm from, and would take me with her as a young child because things would happen around me. So I feel like I can't say that I've met a ghost. Let's just say that enough supernatural things or things that can't be explained has happened around me that makes me think that there's there's some kind of energy thing happening. Yeah. I mean, my mother and I are mentioned in a bunch of books like like Haunted Houses of America and I think haunted houses for dummies maybe even are like the most haunted <laughs> hotels in America. My both my mother and I are mentioned in the books and like pictures of us and stories. So it's oh, it's wow. kind of crazy. That's a fact a lot of people don't know about me. It's probably why I'm 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 so weird. <laughs> <laughs> I'm blown away. And and Claire, for the record, I want to put it out there. And Bonnie, I'm just going to tell you, I believe in ghosts. I think that I have a ghost in my current house. I feel like my wife and I had a ghost in our last apartment. I am firmly in the believer realm. What about you, Claire? Well, first, I think I would like to define what is a ghost, okay? Because for me- I started the podcast asking, is there a difference between spirits, ghosts? Like, pretend I'm like an alien entity from not the other world, but outer space somewhere. And you have to explain to me what a ghost is. What is that definition, Bonnie? I feel like a definition of of a ghost or spirit could be like a memory imprint of someone that's been left behind. You know, it might not be their full consciousness hanging around. It might just be kind of like a an energy imprint that has happened, like something about their life or about the way that they've they've died or the way that they lived their life has kind of stuck around because, I mean, again, I'm not a a ghost buster. I don't have the equipment. I'm not anything (laughs) like that. I'm no expert on it. Just ever since I was a kid, strange things have happened around me. And because my mother, you know, had such an interest in it as well, I had a very bizarre upbringing growing up surrounded by this. And again, being from Louisiana, you know, there's a lot, there's vampire tours, there's ghost tours, there's this, there's, there's so many different things uh, involving the supernatural, including different religions like voodoo. Mm -hmm. And so I love that I come from a, a place and grew up in a place that was so diverse and different types of like supernatural beliefs and superstitions. 
And I keep digressing. To answer your question, I believe it's some kind of energy and or memory imprint that we leave behind that and some people have, I guess, stronger energy than most and it affects the living around them because we're all just energy. We're all energy. Mm -hmm. That's all what anything is. All forms of matter is really just energy. And there's so much about our universe that we don't know. There's still so much unknown. So when you say energy and I understand what you mean, and I'm wondering how does that affect or how does that tie into everybody's heard of deja vu where you feel like you've experienced something before, you've lived that exact moment before. Does that Mm -hmm. tie into the supernatural and ghosts or is that just like a kinetic thing that's happening in your own body and that's your own like little world? Ooh, deja vu. You know, it's funny because- I feel like with deja vu, there's been times where I've had like severe moments of deja vu that actually it was like a similar circumstance happening in a dream or some mm-hmm. kind of like even a daydream or a yeah, cat nap, <laughs> meow, uh, different <laughs> things like that to where like, you know, a couple of days later something happens and I'm like, wait a minute. And you get that feeling of deja vu. I'm not sure if if the spirit world is what's causing that deja vu. You know, there's there's so many different things you can dwell into it, into it as well. You know, some people believe in past lives, mm-hmm. even though I find myself to be a very spiritual person. I also believe there's so much we don't know. And I love doing different things like getting my, my cards read or, you know, mm-hmm. having energy readings and whatnot. And it fascinates me that there's so many things that are accurate about it. I mean, again, so many people could just be like poo poo on all of it and, and it's not real. And it's just a bunch of hocus pocus, but it, there's so many unexplained things that have happened to me in my life that I can't ignore mm-hmm. the possibility of it, if that makes sense. I love it. Yeah. Ooh. This is awesome, Bonnie. <laughs> I want to back up a second. Sure. Because you've talked about two big influences. You've talked about New Orleans, mm-hmm. but you've also talked about your mom. Yeah. So break it down a little bit. How did your mom introduce you to there being all these entities out there? Well, and it's funny because again, my mom is no expert either. She just, it was a fun hobby for her. And she would take me to, there's a place in in St. Francisville, Louisiana called the Myrtles Plantation. It's notably one of the most haunted houses in America. That's what their, their shtick is. Mm -hmm. And there's so many different types of of spirits that have haunted the area and the different stories of, of who's there. And that's where I think the initial love for it came from. My mom felt a very strong connection to that particular place and would take me with her so much to the, so much in fact that a lot of my younger childhood was spent at the Myrtles Plantation. We know we'd go down every, every couple of weeks, we'd spend a week in there. It was a bed and breakfast as well. And even my 16th birthday, I spent my 16th birthday at the Myrtles Plantation with my mom and my mom's friend. And like, that just proves that I didn't have a lot of friends growing up. <laughs> the fact that my 16th birthday was in a haunted house <laughs> with my mom. But uh, I'm trying to think of some fun, some of the stories that we have. I remember one uh, picture in particular is me on one of the swings on the property. And I was younger then, I think probably around 11. And there's an arm that you can see holding onto my arm as if to like make sure I'm on the swing all right. And you can see through the arm and then the arm just stops. And again, this is before Photoshop and like digital, you know, these are all just like regular cameras that we would use. Nothing fancy. The wind up. Yeah, we did use wind up. Then there was some pictures of my mom. There was one of her sitting on the swing as well. Oh, but it was on the longer swing. 
not like the wee kid swing. And it's almost as if she sat on someone and it looks like a man who was a, like maybe like a soldier from the civil war, because you can see, you can see his face and then you can see my mom's face. And with his face, you can see like the mustache and then you see my mom's face and then you see my mom's shoulders. Then you see his shoulders. Like, so it's almost like she accidentally just sat on a person and they're overlapping as, as almost as if someone Photoshopped two people on top of each other. And his is more faint, obviously, mm-hmm. but it's so bizarre because again, we, the cameras we have, there'd be no reason for us to have a random man wearing a red uniform with a mustache and our family camera, let alone superimpose that onto my mother's body. So some of the pictures we have are just really crazy. And around me, my mom would take pictures. There'd always be flashes of light, balls of light, orbs, orbs, orbs of light and flashes of light. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let me ask you this, because you have far more ghost uh, encounter experiences than I do. Okay. <laughs> I've always been like, hey, if someone's there, like, talk to me. You know, I feel like I'm pretty open, but I haven't, I haven't necessarily had those encounters, you know? So mm-hmm. I'm curious because some of the... Some of the stuff I've read says that, oh, sometimes you can feel a change in the temperature or sometimes there's like a static sound or sometimes there's, you know, a reverberation. Have you experienced that in any of these moments that have been captured on film? Absolutely. Well, just even speaking of the Myrtles, there was a step on the staircase. I think it was the 17th step. Don't quote me on that. (laughs) I really should have written all this down before I I came on here. I was just kind of like, ghost, let's go. That's the best way. Just ghost, let's go. Oh, sure. Just <laughs> just ramble. Uh, but no, it was the 17th step and there was a soldier who lived in the house and it was, I believe, during the war as well. He, he got shot. Someone came to his property. Not sure of the details, but he was climbing back up the steps to his wife and died in his wife's lap on the 17th step. So that step in particular is always a few degrees colder, like right in the stairwell. Mm. And it's an open staircase. So it's not like, you know, there's any ventilation happening right in a certain thing. There's a mirror in the in the lobby that would always be dirty, no matter how many times they've cleaned it or replaced it. The glass always just turns muddy looking. Oh, wow. Aged, I should say. Oh, oh there's so many good stories, particularly about the Myrtles Plantation. There was a, a slave woman there named Chloe who was caught eavesdropping on the owner and they cut her one of her ears off as punishment. And she was the one in charge of the children of watching the children. And she thought that they were going to maybe put her back into the field or, you know, punish her more. So she was trying to figure out a way to gain their trust back. And she made a birthday cake for the the two girls and used oleander poisoning in it because she was hoping to get them sick and she was going to nurse them back to health and kind of regain the trust of the family. Oh my gosh. Unfortunately, she ended up killing the two girls and the mother. And then she ended up being killed as well. She was hung. And those are the main spirits that haunt the property, but it's not like there's no evil energy behind it. There's no, in fact, Chloe, is one of the most seen ghosts by people on the property. And she almost takes care of people. It's almost like her way of, of apologizing. Like you'd wake up in the morning and you're tucked into your bed better. Do you think it was her arm on you holding the swing? I do. I think it was as if she was like, just making sure I was okay. Mm-hmm. 
Because you were 11. Exactly. So going back to spending my 16th birthday at the Myrtle's Plantation, when my mom brought the birthday cake out, I'm like, I don't know if I feel comfortable with this. Like, are we, how accurate, how accurate are we reenacting the the history of this place, mom? Um, but no. Uh, I'm glad you're still here. It's obviously not too. I, me too. Me too. <laughs> Let me ask you, Bonnie. Clearly, this is something that's been your life. What do you think of like those TV shows, like the Ghost Hunters and that kind of stuff? Do you ever get into that? Uh, I feel like a lot of it, again, with TV and, you know, editing and movie magic yeah. and all that whatnot. I feel like a lot of it gets exaggerated and, and made for the viewers. And I, it's become so Hollywoodized. Is that even a word? Glamorized. Mm -hmm. It's become so commercialized commercialized and now with like technology and stuff it's so hard you can use like your iphone to make a kind of video yeah. it, it's so hard to determine what's real and what isn't anymore when it, and especially with like ai and all these different things special effects and whatnot that for me it's it's not about capturing it on film or, or on pictures it's about the feeling you get when you're in a certain area mm -hmm. and and you can feel that in anywhere, like walk into an old like cathedral and feeling that energy or, or anywhere with like old architecture or walk through like an old graveyard. I mean, Louisiana is notorious for their graveyards because, again, they're built so differently. We build all of our cemeteries above ground instead of yeah. buried underneath. It's a very otherworldly feeling. And I don't know, there's this there's an energy behind it that you can find sometimes peace. I feel my mom and I always felt very happy at the Myrtle's plantation. Like maybe the energy, the spirits, whatever, were actually happy to see us. But there were some friends of my mom's that she would take and they would not go back after they were way too scared or they would leave in the middle of the night and go check into a different hotel down the street because they were not staying with us. It's always, I think everyone's personal experience and personal connection and also openness. I feel like I was saying earlier, there's so much about our universe and about our world that we don't know. And, and I feel like maybe there's some people that, that are more in tuned to certain energies because they're a little bit more open and they're, they're welcoming to the energy that's mm -hmm. around. And some people that are very just shut off from it. I've been told that, you know, there's people who can see people's auras and, and people's energy on a daily basis. And I've been told by someone who I've met who can do that saying everyone has the potential to do it and learn it. It's just with society being the way it is, we've all kind of shut it off from ourselves and we're not in tune to that anymore. Like we used to be. Yeah. The most obvious kind of example of that is they say like young children are very open and susceptible. Exactly. And then as, as they learn social constrictions and social regulations and rules, then that kind of dissipates as they get like four or five, six years old. There's also innocence to a child where they are so much open to everything and they see everything again for the first time. And again, I keep going back to the Myrtles just because I guess that was where I spent the most time at mm -hmm. the children would always see other the two girls the two children or for example they had these owners that were living there for a while before they turned it into an airbnb and moved out but they had a, a little boy like a two three-year-old little boy and he would always talk about his sister on the chandelier like his sister was always on the chandelier and he didn't have a sister obviously 
Mm-hmm. But and they kept telling him no, no, and he'd be like, "Yes, she's right there." Or the story I always love is the owner. She was um, in her office working on something, and she looked out the window and she saw a woman, a black woman in an old turban, and pointing. And so she freaked out because she had no idea who this woman was and she runs outside and then the woman's gone and she looked to where the woman was pointing and her little two-year-old boy was reaching for a ball in the pond about to like fall into the pond. So she thinks that that was Chloe warning her that her little boy was about to fall in. So little instances like that. And you can read about all different types of ghost spirit encounters, different energies that people feel when they, when they step into some place that has history. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. So you mentioned your mom and you mentioned kind of growing Mm -hmm. up in this environment. What was her method of communicating or why did people come to her to investigate or to communicate or frame that out a little bit for us? Because that is fascinating and I want to hang out with her. I know. My mom is awesome. Uh, Again, my mom didn't do this for a job or anything. You know, she just was, I think she went there once just for fun with one of her friends and then was just like, oh my gosh. And she felt such a connection to that place and then started, you know, taking me to other places as well. But the Myrtles really was our main, I mean, we would spend like every other week we'd be going down there and spending the night. Yeah. And it wasn't that she was like trying to communicate them. You know, she didn't have like all these crazy equipment. You know, sometimes we'd bring like a recorder, you know, we'd obviously Mm -hmm. bring a camera. We weren't like hunting, you know, we weren't like putting up traps or anything. There was this cat who lived on the property who would never go into the house. And my mom's friend, we called her Taunt Boone, Mm -hmm. Ms. Michelle. She worked at a zoo and worked with the wild animals. So she knew how to handle animals. She thought it would, what a great idea for us to bring the cat into the house with us at night so we can like see if anything happens with the cat. It's a terrible idea. (laughs) She brought the cat inside and put it in the bathroom and the cat started going berserk like meowing like running around the bathroom and then like put its head against the wall it was a false wall and that went into the attic and so the cat is now in the attic and no one can fit into the hole to get the cat out but me the child so here i am crawling in this old you know how the the attic i'm sure like they were like bonnie stay on the beams because of course like half the attic you know was looked like if i put my foot down it, was, it wasn't even like real attic floor. It was like insulation. I hope this, I hope the, the owners of the Myrtles don't <laughs> hear this uh, podcast and be like, oh, that's why that attic hole is there. Uh, but I had to go get this cat and I'm like holding this cat. It's going crazy. And we finally like bring it back outside and that then it was fine. But my goodness, that was a weird, that was a weird experience. Same woman, Miss Michelle uh, Taunt Boone. 
she's passed away since this, but she was kind of like a troublemaker. She was my mom's best friend. And she would like say things like to the house, like, you know, show me what you got right here, right now, you know, like yelling at the house. And my mom and I would be on the porch being like, amazing, great. Like, please don't come after us. (laughs) Don't harm us. We're okay. And there was one night where she was walking around the grounds and she swore again, she could have just been very clumsy and fell, but she swore she got knee knocked. Like someone knee knocked her and she fell and hurt her foot and was in a lot of pain. And this woman was, we call her Tom Boone. Cause she's like, she says she's a direct descendant of Daniel Boone. And she was a tough woman, you know, wore camo. Right. She was like the type of woman that you want to, you, if you ever got stuck in a swamp somewhere, you hope she's with you because you'll survive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If a gator attacks, she'll fight it off. But I can't believe I'm t- talking about gator i i grew up on a bayou so now now you see my real you know everyone's like oh bonnie what a city gal and i'm like anyway the next morning she's still like can't really walk she's like i have to go to the doctor we took her to the hospital and they x-rayed her foot and like multiple bones in her foot were broken multiple yeah it was like a lot of bones in her foot were broken just from like a stumble outside like in the grass and we were like oh my gosh so yeah. little things like that you know and her her daughter came with us once and in the middle of the night she said she woke up to hearing a voice saying go go and so she got up she was the one who got up in the middle of the night and left and never came back and was like i am gonna go <laughs> yeah it's so weird it's like so many people have had that kind of experience and then the experiences my mom and i had were always positive the airbnb part were upstairs And they would always keep that open for the guests who were staying there. And then the rest of the house would always be locked because that's where all the antiques were. That's where the tours would happen Mm -hmm. during the day. It's where, you know, like the furniture that were like some of the original furniture. So it was all like barricaded off with ropes, you know, stuff like that. And they would lock all those doors. Yes. Every time my mom and I stayed at the Myrtle's Plantation, whenever we would go downstairs, the doors would be unlocked. We would see them locked up at the at the end of the night. Oh. If there was like another Airbnb guest staying, they would always like explore the house and they would try the doors and it'd be locked. Like my mom and I would always stay up a little bit later till they like went upstairs and did stuff. And then we'd sneak down and it would always be unlocked for us. It was always crazy. Oh, that's crazy. We could always explore the, oh again, God. I really hope the Myrtles isn't listening to this and they're like, oh my gosh, this <laughs> mother and child, like, like breaking into different parts of the, of the haunted houses that we're not supposed to be in. Whoops. This is how my mother and I get sued. <laughs> <laughs> and you and your mom, obviously yeah. have done a lot of this kind of stuff together and, and yeah. I appreciate you talking about her best friend but what about your friends and also like your partners have you ever brought them along on, on any uh hunting adventures you know I, I didn't have a lot of friends growing up till high school really when i discovered like music and theater and then that became kind of like my focus i didn't really have like one of my mom's friends had a son who was around my age and he came with us once. I think he was there for my 16th birthday one, which was kind of weird because I think they were secretly hoping he and I would like each other romantically. And that was not <laughs> happening. I was a weird kid. But no, I do feel like whenever, you know, I start dating someone new and, and like the topic of, of stuff like this comes up, you know, and they're just like, oh, well, I don't really believe in ghosts. And I'm just going to go, well, let me pull out this book, Haunted Hotels of America, where you can actually see a picture of me at the age of 12, you know, 
like this might not work out. <laughs> also, weird things happen. Weird things happen around me. What is the difference or what does your instinct tell you about why someone comes back as like a friendly, nice ghost or a poltergeist? Oh. Like, how does that happen? Or is a poltergeist a totally different type of entity? So how do we become like a poltergeist or Casper is what you're trying to say? Uh, <laughs> hmm. Good question. Again, I'm not the spiritual expert. In fact, you know, all, all of these stories I'm saying and everything I'm saying, who knows if there's logical explanations for all this as well. You know, I never want to, I never want to like poo poo someone else's beliefs. You're just here to talk about Bonnie Gordon's experiences. Right. That's it, so <laughs> I feel like a lot of spirits stay behind because of some kind of, you know, they always say unfinished business, which I think is a little cliche, but for example, if you use the Myrtle's plantation as, as an example, I feel like the ghost of Chloe stays behind because of her guilt. And if the spirit of the two little girls are still there, you know, if she still stays to watch over them and then to watch over the guests of the house, you know, and kind of like her way of paying, like making things right. Yeah. Resolving her own guilt or her own conscious. It could be a lot of things. Purgatory maybe, or is purgatory mm. kind of a completely different thing? That's hard to say. And and you know, what's so frustrating too, you know, you, you see all these stories of ghosts and whatnot. It's always kind of marked in history. There's always some kind of historical Gettysburg and you have the ghost there. Yeah. Not even that. I, I'm saying like, you don't hear of like the ghost of like, you know, the 16 year old with her iPhone being like, like, Oh my God, this is so, <laughs> uh, what as if who like died in the early nineties, like you don't hear about those ghosts per se. I was just yeah. asking you about modern ghosts. Like where are they? Yeah. But that's why I'm thinking like a lot of it has to do with, some kind of like unfinished business or this or that to where, you know, who knows, maybe they are around, but because of the way we're like raised or the energy of our own self, like maybe they have no way of kind of breaking through like people from the past can, because everyone was raised a little differently. It's a little bit different connection to people back then that we have now, you know, everything's now done with a screen, uh, no pun intended, as we do this on a zoom. But I feel like there's a lot, a, a lot has changed with both communicating and human connection that I feel that we don't connect with people as well anymore as like we used to. And that might be a bit of it. Maybe we're not as attached to places as we were back then when people died, like they, they might've only traveled within like a 10, 15 mile radius of their hometown. Yeah. Now, you know, everyone's a jet setter, everyone's traveling, everyone's doing this, everyone's moving. I lived in this apartment. I lived in this apartment. You know, I've li I've moved mm -hmm. in LA 18 times, like more times than I can count. <laughs> and I'm a property manager, so they just bounce me from property to property. If I if I passed away, would I want to haunt this apartment? Absolutely not. Mm -hmm. This would be the last place I want to haunt. I'd want something that I would connect with personally. I'd probably go haunt the Magic Castle. Don't tell them that, but that's where I'd be haunting. That's where I got engaged, Bonnie. Really? That's where I work. Oh my God. Yeah, I got engaged there. It was amazing. Speaking of a place with history, the Magic Castle, you know, it's over, the building itself is over 100 years old. And I've worked there almost 15 years now. And so there's been times where it's, you know, the place is closed down and everyone's gone for the night. And I'm one of the last people there closing up. And that's when you feel the energy of, mm -hmm. you know, there's so much history. There's been, you know, deaths in the building yeah. and different things like that. But it's it's almost like a, it's like an electrical charge you feel where when you're kind of steeped in that history. Yeah. What would you want to tell someone who would like to like 
enter into this world a little bit, not become a professional ghost hunter or anything crazy like that. <laughs> Cause I don't even know how to do that. <laughs> Someone who just wants to like start feeling like you talk about feeling the history, feeling the, like feeling the presence when you're on right. the 17th step, feeling the ghostly, you know, presence, what advice would you give? Where's an entry point? And, and that's someone, maybe me, Bonnie. <laughs> oh, well, Claire, let me uh, take some notes, darling. I feel like with all of this, and, and it goes for so many different things in our life too, not just connecting with energy. It, it could be connecting with, with spirituality. It could be connecting with nature. It could be connecting with, with so many different things. I feel our generation, especially, we feel so disconnected from everything. And we're all always working. We're always stressed. None of us really have that moment to take those deep breaths and really become grounded again. And I mean, I'm, I'm just as guilty of it. And I have to stop myself sometimes and just kind of disengage from, you know, a screen disengage from a from anything. If my roommate's listening to this, he's probably like, yeah, right. (laughs) (laughs) When I'm working, I'm always on my phone, always on the computer, just work, work, work. But getting away from that for a minute, it's so freeing. And I feel like we've Mm -hmm. lost a lot of ourselves because of that. And a lot of our connection with things like nature. And Mm -hmm. I feel like just rounding yourself again and and kind of connecting with yourself and feeling what's kind of missing in your energy can help you open Mm -hmm. you up to connecting and seeing the energy around you. Yeah. Do you think it's an openness too? You do have to be open-minded. Again, so many things can be explained scientifically. There's always the people trying to, you know, Houdini was not a believer in ghosts and he would spend most of his life denouncing and, and like debunking all of the, the, the seances and the mediums and whatnot. He, I mean, he made it his life's work to prove them wrong. And that's, what's so fascinating to me. Here's a man who does things to make the impossible seem possible. Yet he was such a non-believer and it just goes to show that it, you know, it doesn't matter what you do or, or your background and something It just, you know, be open to different things. And that can, that can mm-hmm. go for any type of different type of supernatural things. I mean, how ignorant are we to think that we're the only intelligent life in the universe? You know, there's mm-hmm. so much we don't know. Yeah. There's so much we don't know about our history. There's so much we don't know about our future. So much we don't know about our present, what's happening with the universe right now. Yeah. It's all so unknown. As your mother shared with you, will you be sharing if you have kids or nieces or nephews or young people in your life? Are you going to be sharing, you know, your trips to haunted houses? Oh, (laughs) are you going to be sharing your fascination? Is this something that like, especially in a young, young child, you want to grow Mm. and facilitate before they have the social conditioning to not see anymore? You know, I'm a big believer in magic. And I'm not talking about magic, like Merlin and things like that. I'm talking about the childlike wonder wonder we get when we see something that kind of takes your breath away. It's why I love the magic castle so much. I know how almost every trick works and I still yeah. find the joy and the wonder. And what I love the most too, is going to see a show and watching other people's faces as they see something impossible be possible. And that's what I, I love. And I think that's why so many people are so drawn to the supernatural and different things like ghosts and, you know, vampires and witchcraft. It's the idea of the unknown and the fact that mm-hmm. it's that idea of that's something that gives us wonder and something that's not fully, you know, black and white. 
you know, yes. there's so many different, there's, there's so many 50 shades of gray in there. <laughs> I have a two-year-old nephew. And again, I'm a huge nerd in case you didn't know. And I can't wait till he gets a little bit older so I can start taking him on an adventures and sharing yes. some of that with, with him. And I want him to be open and experience the world in a fun way. And if he is interested in like, oh, I'd love to go to like a haunted house. Of course, Aunt Bonnie's going to be the one that'd be like, you know what, <laughs> Rowdy, let's pack up that bag. We're going to a haunted house. I love that. Let him have that wonder. And also that it's not about being scared either. It's, it's about the unknown. Being present and you're there. And just like having the wind knock over something in another room. You're like, oh, and you hear that, you know, you have that moment of like, excitement and unknown of like, what could have that been just, mm -hmm. I think is what's, what makes us human and keeps us alive and keeps us discovering. Yes. This is how we make discoveries and, and learn new things about our universe is someone somewhere questions why. Yeah. You have to start looking at the impossible and trying to mm -hmm. understand it from either a, a set of rules that are learnt rules, you know, science mm -hmm. or history, or you have to open your mind and look at it. Like, I don't want to say from a spiritual perspective, but from a perspective that is undefined. And when you're talking about mm -hmm. ghosts, I think you have to be in that undefined realm. Yeah. And you look at all these different cultures when it comes to religion and like going back all the way to, you know, BC they all have some type of connection with spirituality and connecting with spirits on the other side and people that you've lost. Uh, and there's so many different stories, yeah. ghost stories of, of the past that have uh -huh. bled through into our modern day society that I feel like we just need to be, you know, awake more to, to really see like, Oh, how does this tie into what's happening today? Mm -hmm. And I'm happy to hear that you're going to pass the the lineage on to Rowdy. Is that your nephew's name? My nephew's name is Rowdy. So, you know, he's already going to be trouble. He's going to be amazing. <laughs> okay, Bonnie, to wrap this up, I would love it if you could regale us with a love letter to ghosts. Dear ghosts, thank you for being the friends I didn't have growing up. Even though I couldn't see you or actually play with you. Thank you for always giving me that sense of wonder and unknown. And I hope you find your peace. Love, Bonnie. P.S. Thanks for always being friendly when hanging around me. Yes. Love. Amazing. Love it, Bonnie. <laughs> Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. So Jake, have you been visited by a ghost? Like, have you had one of these encounters? I've mentioned this a little earlier. We're talking with Bonnie. Yes. In my last apartment, we would get lights that just would go on randomly in okay. the apartment. And, and my wife and I would make a big joke of it. And then we moved into our new house. And guess what's happening now? 
the lights go on at weird hours. I'm talking about like 11. And my wife's like, oh, maybe the neighbor has the same uh, a controller as us to the lights. And I'm like, uh-uh-uh. It's <laughs> the ghost. And I say things to it. And Bonnie talked about like, you know, being open to the spirits. I tell the spirit, look, no harm. I want nothing to do with you. Just let me live my life. I got enough problems and worries. I don't need a ghost just bothering me. <laughs> I mean, apparently it's a friendly ghost. I mean... Nothing malicious. Do you think the ghost followed you from your old apartment? Like a cat or a dog, basically? A stray? It's a stray ghost. It could be a stray ghost. It's living on the streets, Jake, and you're housing it in your home. So, come on. I think you need to be a little more... um... (laughs) You know, it's not causing any harm. The lights, we get turned right back off. And, you know, it's become a friend. As long as it doesn't go after me, my wife, or the puppy... I'm fine, Claire, and I'm glad we got to talk about this today because I really do believe there's there's spirits. I don't know, ghosts, whatever you say. I think there are things that we don't fully comprehend and because we're so distracted by screens and whatnot, maybe we're not as in tune with that kind of stuff. So I understood what Bonnie was talking about. What about you, though? You've been a little quiet on your your ghost beliefs. I do believe. I mean, I believe, obviously, you know, I'm dumb enough not to know exactly what I believe, but smart enough to know that there's something bigger out there. I'm right there with you. It seems like it would be such a waste if our entities, our spirits, our minds didn't live on in some form. And then the the flip side of that is like, okay, well, maybe that's part of a coping mechanism for the sadness when we lose someone, which is also, you know, plays into the religion and it's, it's all interconnected. I, I believe that a huge part of religion is also a coping mechanism, Mm -hmm. you know, and why shouldn't it be? I mean, being a human is hard. Being a ghost, I guess, is harder though, because you no longer have your body. So I've tried to connect. Like if you know me, you know, my dad passed away. It was very traumatic. Tried to connect with him. I'd like talk to him. And there are circumstances where I can feel like I am connecting, but not in like the real way where, you know, some people are like, just have that openness. And I guess like for me, I'm just, I'm still seeking how to be open enough so that I can like really connect with those. Cause I am someone who experiences that loss on a deep level. You know, yeah. I don't think I'll ever get over him passing. I feel like if one of my kids were to pass, it would be the same thing. Like I could, I could never get over that, you know? Yeah. So I would want to connect with them. But anyway, it, <laughs> I did have a funny, a funny thought, this being the last episode of fanatics, which we, we broke the news to you in the intro and guess what? It's still true. Mm-hmm. What if fanatics came back as a ghost and just like started like haunting people with our episodes? <laughs> just played randomly in people's cars, just showing up on people's phones, and like that could be a good way for us to like live on even after we're done living on. <laughs> we have this backlog of our fun times of these ex- topics we've gotten to explore, getting to talk to these very interesting people. It lives on. We will live on so you guys can always, you know, enjoy your favorite celebrity talking about something they enjoy instead of talking about the world. You can enjoy us. You can enjoy me. You can enjoy Jay. You can even enjoy David. Like he's, you know, the ghost of Fanatic's yes. past. David Magnoff, <laughs> the original co-host of mine. I think that one of the things this podcast, the podcast has given me a lot and I'm really appreciative for the experience for our producers, Roddenberry Entertainment, Trevor Roth, Kelsey Goldberg, mm-hmm. you, Jake, 
David, Elizabeth Wyndham, everyone who's contributed. I would say that this experience did two things for me. One, it got me it got me back in front of the mic and doing something I love, which is interviewing people and, you know, pulling the curtain back from the traditional, you know, round table questions and really like getting inside someone's psyche. And I think we really developed a way to talk about stuff that could be considered superficial or meaningless, like moleskin notebooks or Ford Broncos or, you know, indoor malls. And we connected it to like people's humanity. What really drove them to this passion or fanaticism? What was inside of them? Was it early family experiences? Was it relationships? How was this passion or fanaticism affecting their lives in a positive way? And it was it's just been a great experience talking about so many things. And for me, it's kind of became a joke. Like ever after every episode, I'd be like, I totally am going to try that. I'm totally going <laughs> to go do that. Or I'm absolutely going to, you know, go out and watch this or do this. But it really did invigorate me as a person. And it was a very positive experience talking about people, talking to people about their joy you know, yeah. and, and what makes them tick. And so I hope that in addition to us and the team and everybody enjoying the episodes, I really do hope that people have had a chance to, you know, take some joy out of our time together. I have. Yeah. And so have I, Claire. I've, I've, it's been a joy getting to work with you and having all these fun conversations with you. And, and this podcast has meant a lot to me as well coming into my life about a year ago in a really transitional time, moving across the country, getting a, I mean, a lot has happened and this has been such a fun, awesome experience. And I just want to thank all our listeners for being there. And I want to thank you and Kelsey and Trevor and all of our guests. And, you know, I really cherish the time that we got to spend doing this. So thank you everybody for that. And I said this at the beginning of the episode and I'll say it again, you know, I'm not one for goodbyes. It's not goodbye. It is a see you later. And to everyone who's listened, thank you for coming on this journey with us. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you for listening to Fanatics, a Roddenberry podcast. For more episodes and info, head over to wearefanatics.com or tweet your Fanatics thoughts and stories at wearefanatics. Yes, that's we are F-A-N-A-D-D-I-C-T-S. Our show is hosted by Claire Kramer and me, David Magadoff. Produced by me, Claire Kramer, and Kelsey Goldberg. Executive producers Trevor Roth and Rod Roddenberry. Our sound engineer and editor is Elizabeth Joy Windham. You can thank Stephen Mudd for our theme song. 